Teresa, can you teach me about small talk? Of course I can. I Let's also start. want to know about Travis. Don't interrupt the intro. It's manners. <laughs> Hello once again, Internet. I'm your husband host, Travis McElroy. And I'm your wife host, Teresa McElroy. And this is Schmanners. Extraordinary etiquette. For ordinary occasions. If you didn't get it from the intro, we're talking conversation today. This is a big one for me. I'm, I don't know if you know this, Internet, from listening to my other podcasts or just from like knowing me in real life. I am real bad at a lot of things regarding conversation. I like to call it interruptus. Yeah, I got a bad case of Travis interruptus. <laughs> you know how sometimes diseases are named not after the people who discovered them, but after the people who suffer from them? That's what Travis interruptus is. Yes, exactly. Um, I normally let Travis know that he is interrupted by a gentle squeeze to the thigh or the hand. Yep. I also have a real hard, hard time with active listening. I have a real hard time um, uh, paying attention. I don't do eye contact very well. I'm terrible at small talk. All of these things. All of these things. All of these things. I well, I think that knowing is half the battle. That, I mean, that is my, that's my uh, 32nd year, 2016 goal, self-awareness. Not self-correction, but self-awareness. <laughs> I just need to know the things that I'm bad at so I can fix them maybe later. Maybe that's 2017. I don't know. I'm not committing to anything right now. All right. Well, let's get right into it. I would like to piggyback off of our last episode. Um, and the very first thing I want to discuss is talking while eating at the table. Okay. So obviously, don't talk with your mouth full, you guys. That's gross. Nobody wants to see that. Not only that, it's dangerous. That's how people <laughs> choke. You get a big old bar of Brussels sprout, and then you're like, oh my God, you'll never believe what I saw. And then you're dead. Well, uh, technically speaking, choking would be on the in-breath, so you wouldn't choke while you were talking. But that's you, what I'm saying. You get, a big, you get a big excited, I just interrupted you. See, this is a practical lesson right here, folks. <laughs> you would talk on the in-breath, so while you were speaking, you wouldn't choke. But if you had something very important to say and you had food in your mouth, you, would, you might choke while breathing in. Well, there you go. So don't do it. As a quick overview... Try to talk to the person next to you or across the table, but don't like shout down the table. Remember how in the last episode we talked about the host uh, mm -hmm. and the, the hostess? Turn. Exactly, yeah. with the turn. So you don't want to shout down the table at people, especially maybe in a restaurant, but it's just not, it's not good practice to, to shout people down while you're eating. And I feel like that also applies to if you've ever been in a restaurant and you can hear every single word that a of a conversation happening at a table like across the restaurant. I, I'm a loud person. Like, I recognize that. So I try to be very aware of it, especially if I've been drinking at, like, at a restaurant and bar. Not because the thing I'm saying is so, like, private and personal and secret, but just that everybody's trying to have their own conversations. Absolutely, Travis. And you should probably rest your utensils while you speak as well. If you have your utensils in your hand and you're trying to talk and you talk a lot with your hands, as I'm watching Travis do right now, you should put those down. And you should <laughs> also, scoot your wine glass back. I, I learned that through personal trials and tribulations. If you are a hand talker, just go ahead and slide that bad boy back. Right. Well, I, I feel like 
when we talk about, you know, not talk while you eat, don't, you know, watch what you do with your utensils. That's a lot of like the actual physical mechanics of it. But a lot of the questions that we got on Facebook and Twitter and a lot of the things that I hear people talk about now is a lot more about like how not to offend, how not to like cause huge waves at a party and that kind of thing. Like how to actually talk from one human being to another without being weird. You know what I mean? Exactly. And I think that comes down to intention versus perception. Okay. How do you mean? Travis, you can intend one thing, but what people perceive is another thing. So you want to try and marry those two things when you're in a conversation with people. This is why, and um, it's funny, completely unplanned, but this week's episode of Still Buffering ties in very nicely with this week's episode of Schmanners. They talked about communication, how it was when Sydney was a teenager and how it is now. And one of the things that they talk about was text messaging and like Twitter and all of those like completely text-based thing where you lose a lot of nuance and you lose like tone of voice and you lose eye contact and you lose facial expressions and all you get is words. And it really uh, illuminates how easy it is to offend someone when you're like, oh, that was supposed to be sarcastic or, oh, clearly I was joking and you didn't get it. Oh, no. Absolutely. And I think it's really important to put yourself in the shoes of the other person and make sure that whatever you're saying, you mean specifically Mm -hmm. because as you get more and more vague in a conversation the thought can be lost and um, I used to work as a lifeguard a lot and uh, being a lifeguard you're pretty much high up above everyone in the pool Mm -hmm. so everyone can see you and everyone's looking at you so we tell we told our lifeguards make sure you're not slouching in the chair don't um lean over or twirl your whistle because all of those behaviors make you look lazy like you're not paying attention where you could be the most fantastic lifeguard in the world watching everyone and everything but if you look lazy no one's going to trust you you know and i think it also um one of the heavily used mcelroy phrases when i was growing up especially uh towards me um was this (laughs) idea of like my parents would say read the room right you know just that idea of like you can say something in one circumstance that would be a hilarious joke or a really great observation, but you say the exact same thing in a completely different set of circumstances, and now you know it's in poor taste and it's offensive. And one of the things that I uh, I grew up with ADD, and one of uh, my big issues was like kind of running it through filters and kind of saying to myself like, is this a thing that a needs to be said, and b is this a thing that should be said now? Exactly. Exactly. And it's important to be thoughtful um, and important to really think about the other person because conversation is a loop. We want it to keep going. We want it to go back and forth. So I think that read the room is a really great advice, Travis. Hey, thank you. Don't don't thank me, though. Thank Clint McElroy. <laughs> that covers perception, which is an issue that if you ask me, a lot of people don't think about in this day and age because we're so used to doing everything through, um, you know, through computers and through phones and through tablets. One of the big questions we got was like much more about, you know, when I meet someone, when I'm at a party, when I'm at a function, how, what do I do? Because that's just not a thing we do anymore. You know, it used right. to be if you think about how we used to interact with people. It was so much more. And listen, I'm not trying to sound like a Luddite, and I'm not saying things have gotten worse. They're just different because everything is different every year, all the time, forever. Right. I would say that a lot of our interactions are removed 
you yes. know, between the phone and the computer and, and all those things, we don't get as much practice in face-to-face communication. So there has to be some kind of set of rules, right? That's like, how, how do I, when I'm talking to somebody's actual face, what do I do? Well, I've got a nice little do's and don't list for you. Oh my God, how convenient. How convenient. Let's start with introductions. This is one Travis McRoy has always been bad at. Just as a little Travis McRoy footnote. <laughs> um, I think that you've said that you're bad at a lot of these things. Oh, so bad. Conversation. <laughs> and I'm not good at I'm really bad at remembering people's names, okay. so I'm terrible at introductions. All right. So one way that in our marriage we have coped with introductions is have a second person there who will say their own introduction. So let's practice. Ready? Okay, it goes like this. Oh, hey, uh, how's it going? Uh, oh, hi, I'm Teresa. Oh, sorry. Yeah, that's my fault. And then the other person introduces themselves to Teresa. I don't have to remember their name. Bada bing, bada boom, I'm out. Exactly. This is a, a coping mechanism that we have developed, but it didn't always used to be that way. Um, there used to be cards that you might give someone, you know, a lot like a business card, but there were very personalized cards. So even though I don't have a business per se, I would carry around these cards and I could use them to introduce myself. I could give them to um, the butler or the concierge and they could use it to introduce me up to a room or any of those kind of things. I really wish we could bring back the idea of walking into a room and having a herald be like, Mr. Travis McElroy, as you enter. Oh, my God. How posh would that be? It would be super posh. I'd be so on board with that, Teresa. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Well, that would get you around not knowing the other people's names. I know. That's what I'm saying. You would have to listen. Well, that's another Travis McElroy issue. That's another one. Um, But I will say that just kind of takeaway, even if you don't have a significant other at the party with you. There's a lot of opportunities for, like, winging for each other. I'm not going to say wingmanning because that's sexist. You can wing for whoever. But just the idea of travel with someone at a party, it works. So many of these questions, as we go through, you'll be like, oh, that would be a lot easier if I just had another person with me. Right. And if in the case of, like, a business luncheon or something where you may not know everyone, they don't know everyone either. So that goes back to the idea of putting yourself in their shoes and... Try, just introduce yourself. Let me get your opinion on something. What if it's reversed, right? And you walk up to someone and you kind of see a look on their face like, uh, how do you feel about saying the phrase, you don't remember me, do you? I do not like that phrase. It puts all of the blame on the other person. And remember, we're trying to make this a, a conversational loop. Just introduce yourself again. Because when people have done that to me, At best, you say, like, no, I do. You're Steve. And now you've spoiled the conversation. And at worst, this person that you were hoping to have an interaction with feels stupid and goes, like, no, I don't. And you've spoiled the interaction. Exactly. We're all in this together, you know. So at, like, a business luncheon, remember that everybody's in the same shoes here. You may not know their name. They may not know yours. Introduce yourself and they'll do the same thing. Just be cool. Be cool, everybody. So let's just practice a little bit. We had a question. This is from Astrid on Twitter. How do I introduce myself to someone I have no connection with, say at a business event? So like just to practice, what would you say if you were like at a conference and you were walking up to someone who it's not even you say like, I'm Steve's friend, like you have no connection with? I would say my name. Hello, I'm Teresa McElroy. 
where I work. I work in the communications department. And then it's very nice to meet you. I think that what Teresa has just uh, pointed out and I think would also answer a lot of these questions is don't overthink it. <laughs> I think so So many people expressed anxiety regarding conversation. And oh, my God, I do this, too. If, if, I, if Teresa and I are in a situation where there's like a customer service issue, like I ordered an appetizer and it never came and someone's like, just tell the waiter. I'm like, oh, no, it's fine because I don't know what I'm worried about. But I start to convince myself that whatever I'm going to say or whatever I'm going to do is going to be wrong. Everyone's going to get upset at me. And I don't think that anybody's going to yell at you. In these situations, they're all there too, you know? So as you meet someone, I want to say a couple of things about personal space. Okay. It's different in different cultures throughout the world. Some cultures have a little more of a tolerance of closer talking, and some cultures have no tolerance for close talking. I would say that you should be close enough to a person to extend your arm to shake their hands. This is the American way of saying hello, introducing and meeting people, but don't get any closer than that. Gotcha. People tend to get a little claustrophobic, in new situations and a little wider breath is, I would say, always better. And when in doubt, don't touch. Don't yes. touch. People sometimes go for the hug. And it's like, you know, there are people in this world who don't want to be touched, who don't want to be uh, hugged. They don't want that kind of interaction. So, you know, and I've known a lot of people who are like, everybody wants to be. No. So unless they go for the hug, don't do it. Right. You can always upgrade your handshake to a, to a hug. Correct. Um, so one of the questions we got on Facebook was from Derek. Derek asked, is there a good way to insert yourself into a conversation? And personal space made me think of that because one of my tricks, and please tell me if this is creepy. Some people have like, I feel like I, I poorly explained it once and I got chastised for it. But if you see like a group of people, I kind of stand in the, uh, you know, in the vicinity like, I'm clearly engaged in listening, not like I'm creeping around. Like, I'm clearly, like, stepping up to the group. But I'm not getting so close to anyone that it's, like, breathing in their ear. And then when I hear something that, you know, somebody asks a question or something, I'm like, oh, yeah, totally. And I know the answer. Now I'm also in the conversation. Without interrupting, wait for the appropriate time to interject something that you know. What do you think about that? Is that? Does that make me sound like a calculating crazy person? No, I don't think so. But what I would like to put out into the universe is it's really up to those people in that circle to welcome you in. If you have a circle of people and it's a very tight, you know, kind of conversation circle, allow a little breathing room for people to enter and exit. If you see someone over somebody's shoulder, gesture to them or include them in the conversation somehow. Like you said, if there's a question, maybe, oh, Travis, maybe you have an opinion on this. We all just need to be a little more inclusive in our lives, you know? Mm -hmm. And I would also say that if, if they don't do that, just walk away. Like, I've, I've seen people stay on way too long in that position where they're like, oh, oh well, maybe they'll, maybe they'll let me uh, just turn and walk away. Yeah. I would give it a good five seconds. Stand there. Wait your turn. Nobody says anything or lets you in. Then Find just, another place. And just yell, I'm out, and walk <laughs> away. No, don't do that. Okay. Don't, don't, do, don't that. do that. That's right. right. Don't do that. Yeah. I think that that segues very nicely into body language and reading the room. 
Look at everybody's body language. Join a circle that has a nice open feel to it. Gotcha. When you're trying to enter into that circle of conversation, there are a couple of body postures you can adopt. Make sure that your face is bright and open and positive. Try and get eye contact maybe with somebody in the in the group. And when you're speaking with someone, eye contact is generally a good thing, but you don't want to stare somebody down with laser focus. You can move a little around the room or to other parts of their face, and that will really help. Yeah. And, and also, like, if you see two people and they're, like, inches from each other's face and they're talking very quietly, don't walk over there. <laughs> That's a really bad time to join that conversation. Probably a closed circle. Okay, so here's a good indication because I see this happen, especially at a lot of conferences and expos or anything like that where people are going up to people and kind of greeting them, where you'll see people turn, talk to the person, like, oh, yeah, thank you, blah, 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 and then turn back. That is a very clear body language indication that the interaction is over. And sometimes you see that there becomes some awkwardness where it's like, oh, well, I'm going to keep standing here. I've done it. I've seen other people do it. But like that's one of the things that we got asked a lot was, how, like, how do I end a conversation? And I think that the other side of that is, how do I graciously accept that the conversation <laughs> is ended? Right. That's the thing. Conversation is a two-way street. So if you're ending it and the other person doesn't acknowledge it, it's pretty hard to end it. But body language definitely can help. Okay, so we had a question from Mitchell regarding ending of a conversation. Uh, simply, how do I end a conversation? And I think we had a lot of questions. This was just like the most succinct. But we had lots of people who were like, how do I end a conversation with someone I run into on the street, but I'm late for a thing? Or how do I end a conversation with someone who I know I'm never going to hang out with? Do I, that kind of thing. And my impression of it, and please correct me if I'm wrong, is that there's all a little bit of like friendly lying that happens where you can say stuff like, oh, but I got to run. And like the other person's not going to say like, no, you don't. Like everybody just accepts like, oh, that means that this conversation is over, right? I mean, yeah, but you don't really have to say too much. There's no reason to go overboard and give a bunch of lies. If you want to end a conversation, thanks so much. This was great. Have a great day. Great. Any of that really works. One, uh, You don't have to say, let's talk soon, or I'll see you again sometime, or I have errands to run, or anything like that. Thank you so much. This was fun. Have a good day. I think that so much of this awkwardness is not the other party making you feel awkward it's you worried and making yourself feel awkward and so i think saying too much like you were saying explaining too much giving too many like justifications is making yourself feel awkward where if you just said like okay great see you later and left that's not awkward like that can't be awkward that's like nothing that's just an ending Right. And not to say that those feelings don't exist or they aren't valid because they are. They are your feelings. But there are certain things that we build up in our minds that are not a problem for the other person. Well, let's take a break so we can hear from some other Max Fun shows. And then when we come back, we'll talk more about the do's and don'ts of conversation.
I'm Allegra Ringo, a dog owner. And I'm Renee Colbert, a dog wanter. And we host a show called Can I Pet Your Dog? The podcast for unapologetic dog lovers. You can find us every Tuesday on MaximumFun.org or on iTunes. So, now what is this? Is this just a podcast where all we do is talk about dogs? Sort of. Uh, We definitely have a segment called Dogs We Met This Week, where we tell you about, you know, dogs we met this week. We also have a segment called Dog Heroes, as well as Cool Dog Tech and Stupid Dog Tech. We also have some of your favorite celebrities. Lin-Manuel Miranda, who did Hamilton, has been a guest. We've got Leslie Margarita. Uh, We've had Nicole Byer and Wheaton. All the best uh, dog-related celebrities. So check us out every Tuesday on MaximumFun.org or on iTunes. Can I pet your dog? Can I pet your dog? Renee and Allegra. C-I-P-Y-D. Okay, so more do's and don'ts. Teresa, let me ask you this one. This one's from Kramer on Twitter. Um, I feel like I give off a bored or aloof vibe in one-on-one conversations. How can I use body language to appear more actively engaged? That's a great question. Nodding for understanding really helps. Gesticulating but not fidgeting. Eye contact, like we said before. Open body posture, not crossing your arms or legs. Not holding on to your hands, just easy hands at your side. All of those go a long way. Don't look around the room, too. That, like That's a problem I have when I'm actually listening, is it looks like I'm not. And once again, that goes back to the perception uh, problem, is it looks like I don't want to talk. Um, another thing is some agreement noises. Yeah, some some little interjections, just like that. Really? <laughs> oh, man. Re- no way. Wow, nice. Now, don't do it as much as I just did it right in a row, because nothing makes it seem like you are less interested than going, wow, really? Wow, no way. Okay, cool, great. I know this is going to come off as a little negative, but let me rapid fire a few things you really shouldn't do that make you appear uninterested or apathetic. Please. Try not to point. It's considered a little rude, especially in other cultures and among older people. Try not to use words that are too big or too small. Really try to convey your meaning precisely as you can. Don't show off. Don't condescend. Right. And along those condescension lines, remember that the conversation is a a give and take. So try not to one up people or repeat stories that people that you've told a lot. Um, And don't say things because this is bad for me. Don't say things like if you think that's something, well, listen to this or like, well, let me tell you about like that's the one up. My friend Brent, Brent O'Floss, who uh, I have a whole show with. Like, we do that. Like, that's kind of a lot of what our relationship is based on, of, like, one-upping each other with crazy stories and weird jokes and stuff. But for other people, I, I, I know it feels like, well, now I've got something to contribute to the conversation. Oh, people think that's funny. I'll keep the energy alive by doing this. And that is a completely viable way to have a conversation, to contribute. But it's just the, you got to stick the dismount. You know what I mean? You can't make it sound like, well, if you think that's great, wait till I impress you. You have to say stuff like, I know, right? And then let the story land and then start your story. Don't exactly. piggyback. Don't piggyback. I think maybe one piggyback is okay, but it, it oftentimes it just kind of escalates. So try not to do that. And try not to play the teacher in a conversation because that tends to put people off. So that's like if somebody says... Uh, I, I don't know, Orson Welles directed Rear Window, and you were like, ah, I believe you mean Alfred Hitchcock. 
is that okay? I mean, maybe not in that tone of voice, of course, because nobody likes that tone of voice. But if you were like, wait, do you mean Alfred Hitchcock? Is that okay? That's a question we got a lot correcting people if they're factually incorrect. Is that okay? If someone is factually incorrect and you believe that you have the correct fact, questions are a good way to kind of put that off. Wasn't that Alfred Hitchcock? Instead of, um, I believe that was Alfred, uh, Alfred Hitchcock. I would much prefer to be asked than told. Exactly. But you never want to correct anybody's grammar in front of other people. It really puts people down when you do that. It also doesn't matter. Sorry, English teachers. (laughs) I mean, it matters in the long run, I know. But like in a conversation, the cocktail party, it doesn't matter. If it really, really bothers you, find a separate time to take people aside. But... That's only if it really, really bothers you because it it doesn't foster good relationships. In that way, you want to avoid oversharing. Now, there is a difference between when I am gabbing with my girlfriends and when I'm speaking to people at a party or at a restaurant. I would say to really kind of steer clear of things that uh, that might be considered TMI. Well, I think that if you went in doubt, it sounds like a good gauge would be if you don't already know how that person would react to the topic you're about to bring up, you don't want to test the waters in a you know professional party or even like a family get together. Exactly. I think that segues pretty naturally into topics of conversation. Feel free to talk about the events of the day, something trending or whatever. But when it comes to really sensitive topics, you know, like politics and religion, I know this is going to seem a little old fashioned, but try not to get too in depth. State your opinion because it's your opinion and it matters. But we all need to get better at the idea of agreeing to disagree and yes. leaving it at that. Yes. And and I think that for us unwashed masses who love to bring up all of this crazy stuff, it's a lot of like misunderstanding the very purpose of conversation and feeling a need to win conversation, which is one of my conversational downfalls. This need to convince everybody at the table and prove that I'm right and not back down. I'm like, okay, that's not what, that's a debate. That's an argument. That's not a conversation. Right. I think that well-stated and succinct opinions are a welcome addition to any conversation, but Making it into an argument never makes anybody feel good. A lot of the questions we got were how to deal with if someone else that you're talking to brings up those controversial topics. What what should you do in that scenario? Personally, I would say that's a very interesting point. Thank you for sharing and move on. Yeah. And I think that in the long run, if a person does that, you make a little mental note that says like, hey, don't talk to this person anymore or don't talk to this person about this topic, depending on the severity of the thing that they say. Uh, so we had another question regarding um, inappropriate conversation. This one's a uh, smaller scale than like politics and religion. And it's from Rachel. And Rachel asks, is it rude to swear in public? Like at a restaurant or somewhere strangers might get their knickers in a twist about it. Or am I free to be my uncensored self and not care about what others think? She mentioned specifically in a restaurant, when you're speaking to someone right next to you or across the table, it's not loud enough for most other people to hear. Go ahead and swear. Use your vocabulary. Do what you need to do. If you are loud enough that other people can hear you uh, tables down the way, I would try and keep your language a little cleaner. I also think it has to do with 
like if you're at a you know a pub if you're at like a bar and grill go to town if you're at like a family style restaurant or a very expensive like sit down fancy style dinner maybe it's a different scenario there yeah this goes back to the whole read the room thing i think and it's a it's about trying to figure out what's appropriate in this conversation in this place and time not about a hard and fast rule about no swearing in public you should be free to say what you want how do you feel about swear words in conversation in general it's a free country man use the words you need to use i think that's a good point because i think that if i'm going to be offended by someone using wordy dirds it's going to be um because they use them unnecessarily you know people who use them almost like a vocal tick right where some people would say uh or hey but I think that if they're used for emphasis and they're used like you would use any other word, you know, we're adults and it's 2016. And once again, if you are offended, okay, great. Unless they're trying to offend you, that's a personal thing that you just have to remember for next time. Like, I don't like talking to this person because the words they use offend me. Exactly. So, Teresa, I would say the number one biggest issue. This is our elbows on the table issue. <laughs> we seem to have one of these every episode yeah. so far. Our, our elbows on the table issue is interruption because i think that this is something whoever you are if you are a human being you've been interrupted at some point in your life exactly um try not to yeah is but that like, the advice i can get as a super interrupter i'm going to get on my soapbox for okay. one second all right i'm ready and defend interruption one say the person is just like going on and on and they made their point three times over and you want to then like also contribute or two like the word that they said inspired you to say a thing and you are worried that if you wait your interjection is going to look stupid because they've already moved past or three like you've tried to make a point four times already and people just keep talking the like it, it feels to me like there are definite circumstances in which interruptions should not be as offensive and other times where it's like you jumped in to talk about something we weren't talking about what about, sorry to interrupt. It's a magical phrase. <laughs> it's a magical phrase. People, there was a question. Let me find it. Um, this is a question from Caffeine Pup. What's a good way to interrupt a conversation between other people if there's an emergency or something? Sorry to interrupt. It's perfect. There's a reason. There's a reason. That's a phrase. It works so well. I hate to interrupt you, but. Or, I'm sorry to interrupt, but. Pardon the interruption, but it's 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 great. It's it's tried and true. It's tested. Use it. But that does not give you a carte blanche to just interrupt on everything. Conversation is a two way street. Mm -hmm. We take turns. We ask each other questions. So if you can avoid it, do avoid it. But if you can't avoid it, say sorry to interrupt. Please excuse me. Any of those things work. But what if a point you were going to make? Like, say you were talking about a certain topic of conversation, and while waiting, so as not to interrupt, the whole conversation topic shifts away from the thing you were going to say. You should probably just let it go. It'll come up again if it's important. And and also, everyone else doesn't know that you had something to say. It's not like they're like, oh, we missed it. You are the only one who knows. Exactly. If it's super, super important that you circle back, Circle back nicely. Do you remember when we were talking about or speaking of a moment ago when you said blah, 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 blah? If it's as, interesting enough, people will be interested. Right. And as long as you're courteous, I think that people will welcome your opinion. Um, can I share 
my my only do and don't okay. that is locked in my heart, and it was taught to me by a wise couple named Justin and Sydney. And it was this: if you want to be interesting, be interested. This was when I was a much younger man. I was having problems dating. Couldn't couldn't date. And the problem was is I thought the most interesting thing I could do is tell every interesting thing I could think of. Right. Every interesting thing I'd done, every interesting joke I knew, every interesting story about all of my interesting exploits. And the thing is, is like that's on uh, occasionally peppered throughout conversation. People do want to hear the interesting things about you. People do like interesting jokes. But if that's all you talk about, it makes you sound bland because like you're so one note and it's all me, 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 me. And what Justin and Cindy told me, and I have used it to this day, it's like a magic trick that if you want to get better at conversation, ask questions about the other person. What do you do? Oh my God, how does that work? Really? And then what did he say? Like people love talking about themselves. They absolutely do. I I think that's a really, really great piece of advice from Justin and Sydney. Thanks. It's all I know. <laughs> it's the one conversation <laughs> trick I have. Ask questions. And that's the thing is like if you because you it also here's a little selfish note from me to you. It also saves you from having to think of things to say. Like you don't have to come up with a super interesting crazy story about the time you went bullfighting or whatever. You just have to say like where'd you grow up? Sure. Done. All that works. Speaking of things that you have to say. I think that growing up, as at least when I was a kid, we all learned that there were like magic words, you know, certain things you had to say to be polite. Yes. Those magic words that we all learned are super califragilistic, espialidocious. No. No. Okay. Please and thank you. Uh, well, okay. Well, you didn't clarify because there's also like abracadabra, <laughs> hocus pocus. Macalaga high, Macalhaini ho, Klaatu uh, Barata, Nikto. There's a lot of other. Fuego. There's lots of magic words. Are you done? Yes. All right. So we may never know who said please first. That specific, specific word, please. But the ancient Romans had a verb for please that was a regular part of their language. So the verb please, to please, it pleased Everywhere in Roman times. Mm-hmm. Um, that sounds right. They seem like a very, very pleasure-based uh, society. <laughs> what, what little I know about those crazy Romans. Right. So please, as one of those magic words, um, is not, we can't exactly pinpoint it. But it usually means that we are counting on you to behave, right? Mm-hmm. So please take off your shoes. Please pick up the poop. Any of those things, especially in signage form, is really about these are the rules of society that we expect you to follow, right? Gotcha. It seems like polite command rather than saying, do it. It's like, Uh, please do it. Exactly. A polite command. And probably the most polite society around the world is the Portuguese. Really? Right. Um, So... They off. They have several different conversational interjections of please, lots of different verbs, ways of saying it. And while you are walking around on the streets, people speak to you very politely, to strangers, to everyone. It's fantastic. So the Portuguese are highly regarded as the most polite society. What did you think I was going to say? 
I would say the Japanese. Exactly, the Japanese. But they are considered the most respectful culture. Okay. There's a distinct hierarchy of who you can talk to and what you can say, which is mistaken for politeness, but it is, in fact, respectfulness. And I think that that, it seems a lot more structured than just like politeness. It seems a lot more like, hey, these are the rules. Right. And... In regards to Japanese culture, instead of saying thank you for a lot of things, you often apologize for not being respectful instead of thanking. Hmm. Very interesting. Are there other magic words? Please, thank you. I'm sorry. These Uh, all seem like magic words. Excuse me. You are welcome. Oh, yeah. Is a magic word here in America. Um, But more replacing it is it was nothing or No problem, right? Like de nada in Spanish. Like, it's nothing. Don't worry about it. Exactly. And that goes back to the idea of being in debt to someone. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So you would say, it was nothing, and that releases the other person of the debt of gratitude. So instead of, you're welcome, like... Or you owe me a life debt. Exactly. You would say, it was nothing. Please stop groveling. Stand up. Please stand up. It was nothing. (laughs) But I want to talk specifically about the phrase, no problem. It's become a little bit generational, whereas it might be seen as strange to older people because it implies there could have been a problem. When a person in customer service would say, no problem, that might imply to the older generation of people that, well, you are here for customer service. Could it have been a problem? This interaction was no problem, but it's usually a problem. I never would have thought about it like that, but that makes complete sense. Right. So that's something to be a little wary about. I would replace no problem with it was my pleasure. Ooh, I like that. So speaking of like magic words and, you know, uh, basic phraseology, what about like complimenting someone? Um, Compliments when deserved and sincere should be taken freely (laughs) you know that's such man that sounds so blatantly obvious but the two really important things there to me are sincere and taken and i think that we we as a society have a real problem sounding sincere right but when someone gives you a deserved and sincere compliment if you don't take it if you try and like play it off or like there's some really great sketches on the internet about this. A woman goes up to another woman and says, oh, that's a great dress. And the first woman says, oh, well, I got it on sale. This whole thing, I've, I've only worn it once and it doesn't even fit me. Oh, I'm so awful. I'm so awful. Oh, my goodness, you guys. Please just take a compliment. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you is really great. There's another. That's that magic word. Thank you. Don't say I know, though. That's a, I, that's a bad <laughs> habit to get into. And someone's like, your hair looks crazy today. I know. Oh, no, 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 no. Is, is not good. Don't do that. Prob- probably not unless you know the person really well. It feels to me like the takeaway of all of this is that if you just take yourself out of your own head a little bit, think about the other person you know, be interested in the other person, observe the other person, listen, active listening to the other person, don't just wait to speak. It feels like not only will you be better at conversation in general, it also might help alleviate a little bit of your conversational anxiety because you're not thinking about your own self. I definitely agree with that. Because I think a lot of the anxiety that we feel, a lot of the anxiety I feel is when I'm thinking about how I'll be perceived. How do I sound? What am I going to say? Rather than actually just being legitimately interested in the other person. 
That's a very sweet notion, Travis. Thank you. Thank you, Teresa. I also want to say thank you to all of our listeners. It's been really, really touching. I, I'm been amazed at how nice everyone's been on like iTunes reviews and on Twitter and on the Facebook group and all of that. And I really do sincerely appreciate it. And I want to say thank you. Um, if you'd like to, you can join that Facebook group. Just search for Schmanners the Podcast and you'll find it. You can follow us on Twitter at SchmannersCast. I'm really hoping to get that up to a thousand followers. We're well on our way. When you, everyone knows when you got a thousand, that's when you really wield some Twitter power. Um, <laughs> You can also follow us on Twitter. I'm at Travis McElroy. And I'm at Teresa McElroy. Um, if you haven't yet, we'd also appreciate it if you go on iTunes, rate, review, and subscribe. It, it, even if it's just like clicking the five-star button, it only takes a second, and it really m- helps us fly up the charts. Uh, we're very new. Uh, this is, as you know, only our third episode. So the more kind of hype and you know, the more we can be on the charts, the better it is for us. Um, we also want to recommend all the other amazing Max Fun shows. There's tons on there. I think you'd really like um, One Bad Mother. I think you'd love Sawbones if you like this show. You'd like Still Buffering. You'd like We Got This, Bunker Buddies. There's tons on there. Go check all of them out. Uh, we also want to say thank you to Kayla Wassel, who designed our logo. It's beautiful. It's thank so you beautiful. so much. I, can I tell you a secret? Every time I post an episode, I, I like I look at it. I'm like, man, that's good. <laughs> that's like a like great it's one. not my own thing. I love <laughs> it very much. And we've gotten a lot of compliments recently on the music. The music, our intro and outro, is done by Brent Black, dear friend of mine, co-host of mine on another podcast. Um, so thank you, Brent. And our next episode is going to be all about house guests. We just had my lovely friend Bradbury here for a week. And as he was leaving, I said, what should the next episode be? And he said, house guests. So it's almost How perfect. perfect. <laughs> so if you have questions or thoughts about being a house guest or having a house guest, tweet at us, email us, schmannerscast at gmail.com, um, post in the Facebook group. We live off your questions. And if you have ideas for future topics, let us know. I want to thank Emily Post. Send it up to my girl. Thank you, Emily Post. Thanks, Impo. <laughs> so join us again next week. No RSVP required. Thank you for listening to Schmanners. Manners, Schmanners. Get it? MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.